Welcome to the Leading on Purpose podcast with Jackie, where you will hear stories of passion, purpose, and leadership designed to inspire you to live your best life. So let's get started. Dear God, thank you for everyone that is listening to this podcast and for our guest. I ask that you give everyone favor and help them live their best life. Keep this in mind. You will never influence the world by being just like it. So be yourself, be authentic, because the world needs you. Now let's hear from our guest. Hi, Leading on Purpose community. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Matt Hanley, who is is going to talk about authentic leadership. I am really excited to hear from Matt. He's an amazing leader, and I'm just super excited to hear what he has to say about authentic leadership. So Matt, how are you? Hey, Jackie, I'm doing great. It's, uh, I feel like a million bucks. So things are going going well, you know, we're making it through the summer. That's good. So, so Matt, I originally had a slightly different question to ask you about the pandemic, but we're um, in late summer and things started to get better. But right now things are starting to kind of go backwards to a different direction. Hopefully that won't last very long. But my question is, we started, like I said, started to come out of the pandemic. We're starting to go back into it a little bit. But what is a cleaning habit that you have picked up that you hope will stay forever? (laughs) <laughs> that's a that's a great a cleaning habit yes <laughs> uh, you, you, you know I would I would I that's a really good question the, the the cleaning habit I have and it's 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 digital so the cleaning habit I have is that there are no unread messages in my mailbox before I leave the desk uh in my office that is in my home and close that door and spend some time with the family so every message that was sent to me during the day I will have read it and I will have seen it. And, and I will tell you that wasn't the case pre-pandemic. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so yep. your cleaning That's, habit is cleaning out your inbox. <laughs> it's, a, it's a digital habit that I have that I've, I've at least responded, deleted, uh, or read and marked to follow up um, uh, in my mailbox. So I feel like I can walk into my office because of what the, what's crazy about the pandemic is you, you don't leave. Uh, you don't leave your office technically, right? And so- right. I want to feel like I have a clean office when I walk into it the next morning. By clean, I mean my mailbox is my biggest my biggest stressor. Yeah. So because um, it just explodes, and so yeah. when I leave for the night, I feel like I'm done, and I can go actually talk to my family a little bit um, and and do some things I want to do right uh, instead of being a hostage to my uh, my email. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of secrets of how you do that, Matt. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, you know, what's, what's fascinating about uh, being in a pandemic and and being attached to a computer the whole day is you start to learn, um, Hey, what are the things that can shorten my workload uh, or, or make things more efficient? Right. One thing I've noticed in, in my, um, in my email box is I can actually start to, I actually started to organize um, files and filtering uh, for the key people I need to, and, and look, I, I was one of those people that walked, you know, either, either, either early to, to latest email or latest to earliest and just went through my, my mailbox as much as I could. But I, but I, I find now that I'm, I'm actually saying, okay, who, who do I, who are the most important people I need to be in touch with today? Um, and I actually filter by uh, those names. So I'll actually, when I get up in the morning, I'll actually go back to my uh, email that I had had cleaned out the day before and, and the follow-up items in my task and actually filter for my boss first 
and then filter for my peer on the east side of the country, my eastern uh, business director over there, because she gets up three hours earlier than I do, because uh, I'm out in the West Coast. So, uh, and then and then my people. So I kind of go through boss, uh, peer, and then my team, um, so that I can see that I've actually uh, answered everything that's on my to-do list, gotten back to them. And then I can actually erase the flag. The, the satisfaction I get, the sugar high I get from this or the endorphin is checking that red flag out of the uh, task list. Oh, okay. That's, that's pretty, that's my, that's my little like candy uh, that I look at to say, <laughs> job wow. done, task completed, right? So, uh, and that, that's how I do it. I, it gives me actually good satisfaction that I'm making progress on what I'm trying to do every day. Yeah, well, that is like, hey, everyone, that's a bonus. That wasn't even part of our conversation, <laughs> but that is a bonus tip for you. Right, a little tip. I, I think um, we all want to figure out different tips as to how to manage um, email because it's a, it's a constant, right? As soon as 10 are, are deleted, there's another 10 or 20 that, that's in your inbox. So thanks for that, Matt. Yep, you're welcome. You tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so, so professionally so, and well, yep. let's start personally and then professionally. Okay. So, so uh, look, I've got, I'm, a, I'm in a family of five. I've got a, an incredible bride named uh, Sharon. Uh, I've got three beautiful kids. One's a junior at Notre Dame and one's a freshman now at Notre Dame. And then I've got a, a sophomore in high school who wants to go to Notre Dame. Uh, so she's got her eyes set on that. Um, we live in Thousand Oaks, California, which if you know where that is, that's halfway between LA and Santa Barbara. I grew up, I've been out, we've been out here 20 years now. Uh, we grew up, though, I grew up in Cleveland, uh, in the, the side of Cleveland, a little town called Chagrin Falls, Ohio. Um, and um, uh, I went to high school there. I grew up there. And then I went to Notre Dame myself for college and then moved to Chicago, where I, I worked my first job. Everyone wants to know first job. I worked for a packaging company. I sold, I sold aluminum and plastic packaging to uh, deli managers and to... Um, uh, grocery, grocery stores and to restaurants for their takeout packaging. You know, those little round foils with the yeah. lid. I sold those to, to restaurants uh, okay. because, because I knew I wanted to eventually get into pharmaceutical sales. I said, within five years, I want to be in pharma sales. And that's exactly what happened within four and a half years. I was working for Abbott Laboratories in Chicago, selling to hospitals. And that career just, uh, you know, I, I moved out to New York City as a district manager, then moved back inside with Abbott as a marketing manager. And then Amgen called in Thousand Oaks and said, why don't you move out here and, and be in sunny California? And we said, let's, let's do that. We we're living downtown Chicago. So I, I went to Amgen, great experience, 13 years there in various roles from pricing and contracting to sales, to marketing, to operations, running operations, to training, running training. Um, and uh, loved every moment of it. Just got to be a, a time where new leadership came in, new cultures. And I said, it's time for me to try something new. Went to a small company uh, for a year, didn't like it. And then BMS knocked on my door and said, we'd love you to re lead the West region and in, uh, in our in our launches for Optivo and Yervoy and immunotherapy. And I thought, wow, can't pass that one up. Uh, that was, I wanted to get into immunotherapy. Great, best job I've ever, I will tell you, best job I've ever had. It was a fantastic, built built the team, had a tough, tough first two years. And then we figured out how to do it. And then and won back-to-back -back, uh, winter circles. And was proud of the team for sticking with it and, and just uh, sticking with our mission. We knew we were going to eventually find success. And I, I told people three years, we will, we will be number one in the country. And, and that's what the team did. 
Um, and so, and then I, and then, you know, um, I went over to CAR-T, uh, for, with BMS and launched two CAR-T products, uh, the first ever for BMS. And that was really, really fun. A great product, very different way of selling to customers. Um, and then, uh, and then I got a, a nice offer to come over to a company named GenMab, a uh, 22 year old company that's never commercialized a product. And they wanted some people who knew how to knew how to commercialize. And, and that's where I've been for since April. So I've been really, really excited. And, and, and personally, I, I'm a big fan. I play basketball, uh, rec league basketball to keep in shape. I follow the Cleveland Browns, Indians, uh, and Cavaliers uh, avidly. And, and of course, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I'm at, I'm almost at every home game every year. So, um, and then my, my kids, uh, I watch them play soccer. Uh, you know, I've got one left playing soccer. So I, I watch her religiously and, and try to help her with homework every night. So, <laughs> so you uh, so you get yeah. back to most of the home games for Notre Dame, huh? That's awesome. I do. This year we're probably going to be at four or five of them out of out of the six. Yeah. So oh, okay. so yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Now that you got two kids there, it makes it justifiable. Right. Uh, and my and my and my wife really loves the games as long as it's warm. Yeah. So. <laughs> Try to catch so, earlier season games. That's exactly. That's right. Earlier fall is better, right? Yes. So, yeah, it's good. So out of your, your career and definitely a phenomenal career, Matt, um, how many years, total years of leadership do you have? Let's see. I go back to uh, the first time I managed a person and actually had people under me was 1998. So uh, that was the first time I became a manager. And, and it was an interesting story. I was working in marketing as a senior manager of marketing for anesthesia products at Abbott. And uh, actually, actually, um, I'm sorry. That was a that was a that was a position I took after I was a district manager. I was actually in pricing and contracting um, and working into our profit margins and understanding our our full lines of therapy and what we would sell in the hospitals and how our margins were. It was really cool. We'd make contracts. Great job. But it was a training ground to be a district manager, um, and so you knew that the end of the rope was eventually going to be a district manager job. You just didn't know where it was going to be. So. Uh, lo and behold, I said, the only two places I didn't want to go were the Northeast uh, and Detroit. And, uh, and my VP, the VP of sales said, you're going to New York. And I said, that's the Northeast. And he goes, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It is. Uh, and I said, well, why would you do that? I told you I didn't want to go to the Northeast. He goes, because I know you'll come back to headquarters. Uh, so he had a, he had a, he had a, a strategy and uh, he goes, Quite frankly, I need you in New York because uh, you know it hasn't hit goal in six years. So I need I need you to turn it around. Oh, okay. Uh, and I and I never been to I never I I'd been to New York, but I've never lived there. And so it was a whole different concept, new culture, different people, different attitudes. Um, I had six people quit on me the first month. Uh, it was it was really a trying time. But but my RBD kept saying. This is a blessing in disguise. You will be happy you're doing it because you're going to hire your own team. Okay. And I said, as long as you, as long as you're behind that, that then I'm good with it. As long as you support that, I'm good with it. And okay. um, yeah, and it was it was exactly what he said. He was right on the money. He it turned out to be my own team, and we actually hit goal first year out, uh, even with a a, a a rookie team, really uh, there of of eight people reporting into me. And that was the first time I became a leader. It was 1998. So, so that's about a little bit over years. 20 years. Yeah, 23 yeah. years. Yep. Yeah. So what inspired you to become a leader, Matt? You know, uh, I, think, I think what I saw growing up as a kid was my two parents, uh, watching my two parents. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but she didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom. She wanted to work uh, and she wanted to be a leader herself. Um, 
And my dad was a leader in his roles uh, at companies. He was VPs, uh, VP of sales and marketing typically at his roles. And I'd actually go with him to work a lot of times and see him, see him lead. And I, I said, I can do that. I can do that. Um, and, and I, and I, always wanted to be in a leadership position because I felt like I could help people. Um, I really felt the, the urge to help people um, and, and to help them get better and teach. And um, it was part of my, just, I guess, my DNA and watching my dad and mom kind of work that. And my mom did eventually go back to college. She became valedictorian. She then moved into a, a hospital where she was an administrator, head administrator of a hospital. So you could see her, her moving into leadership roles, which she just loved. And, and actually, it started when I when I when I was voted uh, class president my junior year in high school, and that that became the start of the, my leadership career, as I call it. Uh, and uh, I really enjoyed leading my class, and uh, and then and then you know moving into college, leading our inter inter hall uh, soccer and basketball teams, uh, being captains of those teams, and helping that helping and picking the teams, and and leading them and motivating them. And it was just fun. And, and then, you know, you, you move into the real world after college and, and you, you're, you're kind of put back down on the rung where you have no leadership, you know, and you're looking at people who are leaders and you're like, I can do that. I can do that. You want to be a leader instantly, <laughs> but you got to pay your dues a little bit. You got to learn the business. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I learned a little bit about patience there and moved up the ladder corporately at the various companies I worked at, but I always knew I wanted to, I remember my first rep job at Abbott. Uh, I was in front of the RBD and he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I want your job because <laughs> <laughs> I want to lead people. And, and he goes, wow, you know, that's, that's pretty bold for somebody who has no pharma sales experience. And you're, you're in my, you're in with an RBD. And I said, he asked me a question. I'm, I want to just tell you my aspiration. I don't, I don't want it now. I, I can't do it now, but I will want it. So uh, he was great. He was really, really great in that conversation. And so it just, it was just a natural DNA thing. And and once you got a taste of it, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, good candy. You just keep eating it. You don't care about the calories. You love being. A leader, right? so. <laughs> and, and, and you are a regional director too. So you've achieved that goal. I did. I made it. I made yeah. it there. So yes. And it's been a great role. So, so the, the topic is around authentic leadership. Mm -hmm. So how do you define authentic leadership? You know, the way I define authentic leadership is, um, Am I the same person with my family as I am with my work family? So, you know, I, there are many kind of what I'd say connotations of who you should be at work and who you should be at home. And I always, I always kind of didn't believe in that. I believe that why can't I be the same? Um, you know, I, I am a leader in my family along with my wife. Um, and, and, uh, and so why can't I be that same leader and professionally and be who I am? Because the hardest thing is to be somebody you aren't. And to um, and, and so authentic leadership to me is, is I don't change who I am from going home to work. Um, I, I believe I have a work family uh, who I love and enjoy and, and, and teach every day. And, 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 and they're like my kids. Uh, um, and I want to help them get better and, and enjoy and, and celebrate the successes when they win. And they do things and 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 help them when they stumble. Um, so, but but I think the personality of it is that I, I like to have fun. I like to also work hard and be competitive. Um, and I think you can mix both. And you don't have to be what I call a suit that has to turn into some professional uh, when they walk in the office door. Um, and I believe you can be yourself. Um, and you know, it's it's interesting. Over my career, I've found that people either gravitate towards that and really embrace it, or they don't, and they think you're somehow unprofessional because you are who you are. Um, and I've and I found I gravitate. I you know, when I'm looking for a job, I'm somebody who hey 
will they let me be who I am as a leader and not try to mold me into something else? Um, and, and I found that at BMS big time. I, I did. I, I found that with the right leadership there and I found it at GenMap. And, uh, um, and so that, that's kind of how I define authentic leadership is can I be myself with my work family, just like my home family? Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's several great things that you said, Matt, and then you said, like you said, why should you be someone different at work than you are at home? And no one's going, I've heard people say this multiple times that no one can be better at being you. So when you're being yourself, you're going to be happier and more fulfilled. And so just building on that, what do you think are some of the benefits of, of being an authentic leader? And, and adding on to that question, what does that look like in action? Yeah. So what that looks like in action, when I think about, you know, who I idolize as, as an authentic leader is number one, are they, them, are they themselves? Do I feel like they're genuine? you know, or, or are they acting to, to fill a role and to be a, be one of the leaders that some, they, to be the leader they, they think other people want them to be rather than just being yourself. And so what I think about that is, is it's, it's, it's a, when, when people realize who you are as a, as a, as a person and, a, and you have a personality and you, you care, you show the genuine care for them. Um, and uh, they, they, it, it's, it's a loyalty that uh, you can never replace. Uh, it's a feeling you can never replace that these people are looking for somebody to lead them and they want them to lead them with, with genuine care. Um, and if you, if you focus on the people first, the business will be successful. Um, and so they need to trust you. They need to respect you. They need to learn from you. Um, and they need to know that you're going to, you're going to, you're going to develop them uh, and be better at their role and challenge them. Um, and so I, when I think when, when, you know, it takes time to establish that authentic leadership um, reputation with your team because they don't know who you are. They don't know if they're, you're the real you when you're showing up in the office versus at home. But when they start to see who you are, by the way, in a pandemic, they can see you a lot more who you are at home That's and at the true. office, right? Because you're always on a Zoom call. You know, your wife walks in and, and gives you gives you a coffee. Well, that was really nice, your wife to do that. I'm like, hey, come and lead my wife. You know, let's let's let's. <laughs> you know, those are the little things that make a difference. That you they they want to see who you are as a person, and are you the same with them as you are at home? And when they see that you are, um, they respect you more, and they understand that you're not you're not trying to fool them. You're not trying to get them a, a gotcha moment at all. It's, it's, you're actually really trying to develop them to be better. And so when you find something that they're doing wrong or they're doing incorrectly, they listen to you because they know it's not a gotcha. It's about, Hey, it's, it's something I need to teach you how to do better. And you'll learn from it. Uh, and they, they, they actually trust you to, to, to listen and to, to actually do it better. And then at the end of the day, the proof is, did I get them to where, I want them to wanted them to get to where they wanted them to get to, not what I wanted them to do, but where they wanted to get to uh, in their career, uh, whether it be staying in the same role and perfecting it or or getting promoted. Um, and and at the same, you know, I I get all this the 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 celebration in the world is is did I win a patient today? Uh, and did I help a patient today? Did I get my did I make my people better? Um, and did we celebrate it? You know, um, because when, when people wake up in the morning, people don't get up in the morning saying, I'm going to really screw up royally today. And I can't wait to do that. <laughs> uh, you know, and so you've got to have that kind of that positive intent uh, feeling with your team the whole time that they're out to do the best they can. 
sometimes they don't know if they what they need to do to be the best and you got to help them with that others may not have the the motivation to do it you got to find what motivates them to do it um and generally they want to be motivated it's not that they want to sit at home and in, in bed and and eat ice cream all day and hopefully somebody doesn't notice that they aren't working <laughs> it does it's not the case right so so it's generally about people and being yourself with them and they trust you and then when you say things that are maybe you, you need to help them with they really see it as a oh he's really he means that he wants to help me and they trust you and there's a connection you make um, and that connection stays with you whether you're their boss forever or you're or you're their boss uh, you leave and and they still stay with you and and to talk to you about what they need to do and you're not even their boss that's when you know you've succeeded you know, so a lot of things that you're saying are obviously very consistent with other leaders that I've had the privilege of, of interviewing. And some of the things that I really want to pull out that you said is one, really caring about the people that you get the privilege to lead, being honest with the people. And I think sometimes when, when people think about being an authentic leader or caring about people, sometimes it's not telling them the truth about things that they need to do better. And that's not the case. It's actually the opposite of that. But you you want having that relationship where they know it's because you care about them, you have their best interest in mind. And then also making sure they know who you are as a person, not just on the job, but at home. Like, who are you at home? And really being able to, to share that with people, you know, in your family. And, and those are all definitely really, really important things. So, what would you share with other leaders to help them become a little bit more authentic? Because I do agree, Matt, sometimes people do show up differently at work than they do at home. And maybe they think they just have to do that because maybe it's a company's expectations or whatever, maybe something that happened in their past, whatever it may be. But how can you help people, leaders overcome that and, and yeah. really show up and be authentic? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And I think I think when I when I, you know, as you're asking that question, the thing the thing that jumps out at me is, do you have the emotional intelligence to know that you're not being your the same person at home as you are on the job? Right. And so where I go with that is, um, do you sit back and think, okay, like, like really recreate a day after you've had it and say, was I, was I, was I being Matt Hanley today, uh, that that I know, and, and, and respect myself? Um, and if not, what was causing me not to be? And by the way, it doesn't happen. It, it's not 100% of the time. There are times when I feel myself shifting out of who I am as uh, at home uh, into the business world. Uh, and I'm like, why am I doing that? You know, what's causing me to do that? Is it my boss? Is it the task at hand? Is it, is it, my, is it the people that are following, or I'm leading, right? So what is causing me to do it? So it's really a little bit of... There's, there's something that goes off in my head, uh, and I tell leaders this all the time, is if you don't, if you know that there's, it's almost like a Spidey sense. If you know Spider-Man, he's got a sixth sense to be able to know there's danger coming. Uh, and, he, and he's got this spider sense that knows there's a danger coming. And by the way, I'm a big Marvel comic collector, so that's why I know. <laughs> uh, and so... But but I but I think about that and there's there's it it always there's an alarm in my head that's that that kind of sits there and says hey you weren't you weren't who you should be um, and typically you know I, you know I, I I will I will absolutely say okay why is that what was causing that what was the underlying reason for that and then it, you know and then how do I fix it because I don't like that feeling right. Um, so it's not, I, you know, it's not all unicorns and rainbows uh, every day being the same I am at home as, as I am at work uh, and vice versa. I have to 
you have to work through it and review it and kind of self self criticize your you know uh, and and understand why did I do that and you know what typically it's because you're trying to fit a mold of somebody else that you think that you, they want you to be mm-hmm. when in reality that's not the case but you think that so so you know like I, I will tell you you know I've, I've had that conversation you know uh, with one of my one of my favorite leaders Marty Whalen uh, you know. Um, he, he, he always was encouraging me to be who you are. Uh, and so I felt like I had the green pass to be who I am and he reinforced it with me. And so that made me a better leader because I could not, I could, I could unleash the, the, the constraints and be the leader that I love to be. And he had my back on it and he endorsed it. So the leader themselves is really the one that helps create that environment to help people be authentic by being honest. Well, one being authentic themselves, but also being also letting the people know that they lead to be authentic and to be yourself. And you mentioned that you think one of the reasons why people don't show up and be authentic is because they, they think other people have different expectations of them. What are some other reasons why you think people don't show up in an authentic way? You know, it becomes a kind of a slippery slope when you start. It, it's almost like, you know, the, the old adage around uh, one lie creates two lies, creates three lies, and you can't remember your lies. <laughs> uh, and, and you can re- always remember your truth. Um, so, you know, what, where I go with that, if you start to be who you aren't, uh, it, it becomes more and more a problem and you can't, you almost can't get out of it to get back to you being yourself because you've lost credibility with the, the people that you're interacting with in the business world, because you did do something that's totally different than what you, what they thought you were. And, and now they don't, now they look and say, well, which one is Matt? Is he mm-hmm. this one or is he this one? And now I've got it. Now, now what happens is your people are starting to say, okay, is what he's saying really what he means or is it something different? And rather than God, before I knew Matt, I knew exactly what, but, but he seems to be going off track a little bit. And it now, it now really causes friction with your, with your people and kind of how they are perceiving you. And by the way, that rolls downhill. Everyone sees it in the region. Um, so, you know, and you treat people, you know, again, one of the things I always, uh, another adage of mine is I don't care about your title. You're a person, you, you have feelings, you do a job. And, and so while I may be the regional business director of the West, you still can call me and ask me help and ask me for help. And I don't see it as weakness. But the point is, is that if you start to stray away from that in the tiniest, they'll, they sniff it. Yeah. Uh, and then once they sniff it, they're like, well, okay, is that the real man? Or is this, it was the old, it was the old thing in the real Matt. And now you've got a credibility gap that now hinders your ability to lead. Yeah. That's the thing that, that, that I think about all the time. And is, and if you keep trying to perpetuate that, you're trying, you're trying to get out of it. You actually, you actually build more, more lies sometimes about who you really are. And then you lose the, 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 the real Matt, uh, you know, the real leader there. And you've got to always self-correct that. And that's where we go back to that last question he asked is, you know, how do you, what do you do uh, when, when that, when that happens and, and how do you figure it out that you're, that you're not being you uh, and why, why aren't you being you? So that, that's kind of how I think about it. Did, did that answer your question? It did. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also okay. like how you said it, that it's not necessarily that it's like you said, unicorns and rainbows, like every day you're able to just fully be yourself. But I love what you said about when you catch yourself not being who you are, think about it, evaluate what's causing you 
to show up very differently and then and then obviously address it. And, you know, I'm a big Brene Brown fan and she talks a lot about being authentic. And one of her big things is, is it's fear of not being enough, you know, showing up and you not being enough, just who you are, even with your mistakes and falls and everything. So I think the more we can remind ourselves that no matter what, we are enough, no matter how many mistakes we make, we are enough. So that's a beautiful way to, to put some whipped cream and a cherry on top of that answer right yeah. there. That, it is. It really is. That's, that's exactly right. And you've got to be secure in that. Yes. You know, that, that, that's your security to say, yeah, I'm not perfect. Um, and you got to be, by the way, willing to, to, to hear your people say, that wasn't you. Mm-hmm. Why? Right? Uh, because you want to encourage them to have the courage of candor, I call it, to say, Matt, that wasn't you. And you know what? There, and, and when I, usually I knew it at the time and, and, and you say, you know what, you're right. I wasn't me. And I, and I need to fix that. Uh, that and, and I'm trying to figure out why I wasn't me there, but, but I think I know. Right. And so, you know, let me know what you think. This is how, why I think I'm not me here in this, you know, and, and, and get your, get your, get your people giving you that feedback. Right. And you listening to them, that goes back to that whole, be the authentic you. Right. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and they're like, okay, that's the Matt I know, right? He's asking me for why he wasn't himself there. That's the Matt I know. And that's the Matt I want to know, right? That's great. Yeah. Well, Matt, we're going to shift gears for a, a couple of minutes. I'm going to ask you a few fun questions and then okay, we're going to close out with a couple of more questions about authentic leadership. Awesome. So I want you to just answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Oh boy, these are these are good ones. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. What food could you never give up? Ice cream. Ice cream. What kind? <laughs> Chocolate chip cookie dough. Okay. <laughs> okay. What yep. celebrity do people say you look the most like? Tom Hanks. Who is it? Tom Hanks. I can see, I can totally see that. Yes, Tom Hanks. <laughs> and, and by the way, mannerisms too. Mecca, you know, okay. yep. Yes. Tom Hanks. Yep. Easy one. Okay. <laughs> what about this one? This may take you back a little while. I know you've been married for a little while, but when yep. you were single, yep. what was your best pickup line? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? Actually the best, the best one was my name's Hat Manley. So, so, so they, they would look at you like, what's your name? Uh, I said, Hat Manley. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's Matt Hanley. You know, it just got, it just totally erased everything about the, it was, it was, it disarmed, uh, it disarmed the, the fine young lady that I was talking to. Now, whether that worked for long term, that's that's something that uh, I can't I can't tell you much about. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and my last one is what what if you oh, so name an island where you would like to be stranded? What island would you like to be stranded on? You know what? I can tell you that right now. Oahu. OK. Yes. Okay. It has a city. <laughs> It has a city that's awesome. We love the city, but I also I also uh, love the other part of the island that's not. There's no you never know. There's a city of a million people in Oahu. Okay. Can, yep. So it's got the best of both worlds. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. All right, Matt. Well, we're gonna close out with just a couple of final questions. Yep. Um. So, who are some of the authentic leaders in your life that have inspired you? Yeah, well, I, I mentioned one one uh, Marty Whalen earlier in the call and the discussion today, and and, I, and Marty, the why about Marty is, hey, he's different than me. Uh, he's very he's very process. He's very but but he's got a he's got a good sense of humor. He's got a military background. So, but but what he what he really respects 
is that there are differences and he'll back you up on those differences. So Marty, I know is different than me, but we, I still know how to make him laugh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, uh, and, and we still have fun, even though we have very many, we have, we have, we have di- stylistic differences and beliefs differences, but, but we respect the differences and, and it makes, makes his team better uh, because he does do that. Um, I'd say this, the second, the second person that, that I tell you, I always look up to, and, and it's not a political thing. It's not a political thing. It's Ronald Reagan. Mm. Uh, Ronald Reagan was, you know, the leader that I could say he could quip a joke uh, on, 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 on the Cold War and the whole world would laugh and they still respect him as a leader and know that he's, he does lead with, with strength. Uh, but he also leads with humility too. Because he would always make fun of himself, uh, and so when I think about a strong leader who who commands a room, Ronald Reagan, and every time he spoke, you you just you couldn't hear a pin drop, or you could hear a pin drop. I'm sorry, you could hear a pin drop because you just listened to every word because you knew there could be a, a a sharp quip in there that everyone would laugh at, and you're like, I want to hear that, okay. you know. Um, I still remember the day when he threw a football to Tim Brown at Notre Dame. He actually came and spoke at Notre Dame when I was a senior and he, and somebody threw him a football and Tim Brown, who was a Heisman trophy winner that year in college football, he was sitting in the crowd and he actually got back and tossed a spiral to Tim Brown. How many presidents do you see they do that on a, a <laughs> uh, you know, uh, where he was dedicating a stamp to Newt Rockney. Uh, you know, it was really cool. You know, those, that, so, so Newt, Newt was, uh, or I'm sorry, not Newt, but Ronald was, uh, was one, one that I really looked up to from a world leader standpoint. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome, Matt. So what, what keeps you motivated to grow as an, as an authentic leader? And then just share any final closing thoughts. Yep. Hey, so, so I love that question because every day, the the thing that motivates me every day, there's two things. One is um, what I, what the, the kind of profession I'm in, in oncology. Um, Look, I'm saving lives every day. If I lead the right way, I'm saving lives. Uh, and you know, I've been impacted, uh, just had a friend die of pancreatic cancer earlier this year. My aunt died of brain cancer a few years ago, and my grandma died of colon cancer when I was a junior in high school. And so, man, to see the ability to, to, to create hope and save lives, that motivates me every day. The second thing is seeing the people uh, save lives, seeing my people save lives and having the same satisfaction I do and see them do it in front of a customer where they, they find a patient that needs the product and they, and the doctor says, how can I get the product on the patient? This patient needs it and see the smile light up in the, in the, in the, in my, 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 uh, my employee's eyes and say, wow, I just, I just saved a life. And you walk out there and you compliment them. Hey, you just saved somebody's life. You know, somebody who's a mom, dad, sister, brother, friend, grandpa, whatever. Um, and you were an invisible hero there. You don't know who that person is, but you were the invisible hero that convinced the doctor to use that product and save their life. So those are the two things that I, I see. And, and by the way, you celebrate those. And so I think to wrap it up, you know, when I think about being an authentic leader, you know, it goes back to that. Am I being the same person at home as I am at work? And it really goes to that and, and being true to yourself in both worlds. And by the way, it, it's it's not always, it's not always going to be that way. You're going to run into times when you're at home that you aren't being the dad you need to be, uh, or the, or the husband you need to be, um, you know, and you got to say, sorry, I, I had, I had something like that with my wife last night. I had to say, sorry. And, uh, and because I wasn't being who I, I should have. And, uh, and I realized that I had to take time to think about it, but, but then, then you go to work and you do the same thing. 
And there are times when you're not going to be the person you are at home that you want to be as a leader. And, and you got to call yourself out at it, out at it and give permission to your team to call yourself out on it, to call, to call you out on it, uh, being myself. And so that's what creates, that's what creates trust, respect, uh, motivation and success for, for people. Great. Well, Matt, thank you so much for sharing so many wonderful pearls. Thank you for showing up as an authentic leader. You're a wonderful person, an amazing leader. And it's a, it's a privilege to know you and to have you as a guest on my podcast. So thank you so much, Matt. Jackie, always willing to be here. And if you ever need me to do an Irish gig, I could do that, uh, you know, an, an, Irish, an Irish gig. If you need me to do the, um, or what do they call it? The Irish jig. If you need me to do an Irish jig sometime, I'm happy to do it for you. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good, Matt. Thank you so much. Bye, Jackie. Bye.